Son of Porthos. Despite the mystery with which he has been removed from the Bastille and the ceremony with which he has been treated, Joel still believes that he is to be executed. Esteban has told him that the ceremony is to take place in the morning in the presence of King Louis, Queen Maria Theresa, and the full court. Now, dressed in the fine velvet and lace provided by Esteban, his soft gray hat with a sweeping plume of scarlet feather in his hand, Joel has followed the Spaniard across the corridor. Here he is to meet the master, the man behind all this mystery and elaborate preparation. He stands with a beating heart, waiting. The door is opened. He is announced. The Chevalier de Los Maria. Let the boy enter. No. It, it cannot be. Come in, boy. You may leave us, Esteban. <laughs> he seems amazed. He can but stand and stare. He did not recognize you in the darkness last night, Spoil Laurier. But there is nothing wrong with his eyes or his memory this morning. Let me have a closer look. It is really you. Yes, it is I, and more besides. You are the governor of this prison? No, monsieur. Though I kept the mask on during my journey from Nantes to Paris, here at Saint-Germain, there is no need for me to deceive you. I am the Duke of Almada, the ambassador of His Majesty, the King of Spain. Duke of Almada? Spanish ambassador? Truly, my thoughts are buzzing about my head like fledglings in a nest. Am I in my senses or the dupe of a dream? <laughs> my dear young friend, I assure you there is nothing wrong with your senses at all. In some ways, you show remarkably good sense. Boilardier, go you now and order breakfast while I talk with this young man. At once, my lord. It's very immediately to be brought in. He is a gem. And when I trust, I shall not have to do without. Uh, you will pardon this small delay, my boy. It is too early in the morning to talk without eating. Breakfast, my lord. Ah, good, good. Uh, bring it in that we may begin. Uh, one will wait upon us, Poilarier. You may go. Thank you, my lord. Now, uh, be seated, monsieur. And one will serve you. We, we have not much time. You may speak freely, as my footman understands only Spanish. Now, if you do not object to speaking while eating, my companion, I am at your order. Then tell me, my lord, where am I? You are in my house, or I should say the house of my good friend who brought you here last night and who has just provided this excellent meal. Then I am not in prison. Dear boy, have you been treated as a prisoner? Apart, of course, from being locked in your room last night, that was a necessary precaution. You might have run away. You are in Boiladier House, near the church and opposite the palace. But I have been in prison these last weeks in the Bastille. This is true, very true. It was only yesterday that His Majesty signed the order for your release. He has much on his mind, His Majesty. It always takes time for him to do anything. His Majesty signed the order himself? None other. He restores you to the world and gives you entire freedom. I am... Free as the bird. And I am not to be tried, no. And, of course, not sentenced to... Uh, 
Do be. Don't fear, my friend. You will be all right. Your head will remain tranquil on your shoulders, from which it would be a pity to remove it, but it looks very well there. Now, may I offer you some of this roast partridge with a glass of wine? It will help you to swallow the good news. With a good heart. For your words have put an edge to my appetite. And I always had a thirst for good wine. Let us drink to the health of the king. And yours too, my lord, since you came to me as the dove to the ark. But tell me, to whom do I owe this unlooked-for boon? Who has begged of the king? You have friends at court, my young master. Do you tell me so? All the friends I know of are a couple of acquaintances I formed with the Moorish trumpeter, of which one is its host, Monsieur Bonneron, and the other a fellow guestman, Friquet, neither of whom I imagine powerful enough to extract favors from the king. <laughs> my son of Brittany, you are ungrateful and blind, for you look afar for what is close by you. You are right, I am a fool, a blockhead, a heartless scamp, not to have guessed sooner. It is you who have done all this for me, my lord. You are my liberator. Servers say that it is providence, although I find a pleasure in extricating honest folks from trouble when they interest me. At all times, my lord, you may reckon on my life, my blood, my good right arm. Wait a minute, boy. Are you sure that all these belong to you? Did you not give them to the woman you love? My lord, you have treated me kindly like a father, and I am grateful that you have reminded me. I must beg a further favor. And have but to name it, my young friend. I want leave to depart on business, which will not wait. Please? Before we finish breakfast? Now that I have thought, I am no longer hungry or thirsty. <laughs> what a mad brain you are, boy. If you forget the ceremony which is fixed for noon. What? Ceremony. That's for which Boilerie brought you from the Bastille. For mercy's sake, my lord, answer me. I do not understand you. What ceremony do you speak of? For what ceremony would you done a wedding to friend, if not for your own wedding? My wedding? But I, I have no wish to be married. The king's will must never be disputed. Is it the king, then, who commands me to marry? It is his wish. But why? Why? Why does the king meddle with my private affairs? He does not know me. He has never seen me. Chevalier, the king knows all noblemen. Granting that, why should he want me married? Simply because all ladies of the palace establishment are bound to be married. So, it is a lady of the royal establishment whom I am to marry. I am truly sorry for her. May all the wedding rings in the world be welded into one suit of chains in which to hang me. If she waits for me to wed her, she will pine in per perpetuity. Have a care, young man. The king is mighty, so they say. Well, let him be the master over his courtiers. Let him turn the globe into a bubble to obey his breath. But he shall not dispose of my will. I am a Breton. And my free will came to me from God, not from the king by birth or with his crown. I shall marry whom I please. <laughs> and yet you confess the Bastille was not a pleasant dwelling. In other words, I am to be dragged back into it unless I yield to the royal will. The bridal chamber or the prison. I prefer the latter. For if my body suffers, at least my conscience will be at ease. 
if his majesty can do more. A man does not twice give his heart, my lord, and mine is in one woman's keeping. But uh, if the one of whom I speak brings a larger dowry... I should refuse. Even though the fair one be named Aurore du Tremblay? What? It is Mademoiselle du Tremblay who is offered to you for your bride. Would you refuse her? Oh, heaven defend me. Aurora. Do you love her as she deserves to be loved? Do I love her? My lord, she is my life. Come. Come over here to the window. Hmm. There is the bride on her way to the chapel. Aurora. Aurora, my own. How lovely she is. Well, my headstrong Breton, are you still determined to die a bachelor? Does she consent to marry me? Do you think they are forcing her to the altar? But how should she marry me without a name? Uh, pardon, monsieur, but you have both name and title. According to the king's pleasure, you are henceforth the Chevalier de Locmaria. What have I done to deserve this? I have answered to the king for your zeal to serve him. I vow most solemnly... His Majesty will not have a soldier more devoted to the glory of his flag. I will not fail to remember those words. My Lord Duke, allow me to remind you the king is waiting. Ah, keep the king waiting, heaven forbid. Chevalier, go you now with Esteban, who will take you to your carriage. You and your bride will return here after the ceremony. Au revoir, then, my Lord. My heart is light because of all your kindness. Au revoir, my friends. Ah. Our plans go well, Valerie. There has been no hitch, my lord. Everything is arranged. He is one on whose shoulders a musketeer's uniform will fit as though he had inherited it as a son of the regiment. It is a pity to throw him away to the enemy. But he must not remain here. He would break the king in twain like a dried twig. He has a fist that would smash paving stones and a digestion to relish them. Is young to die. The end justifies the means, Valarier. Oh, I find myself unaccountably drawn to the young giant. Yet I cannot spare his life. Even one's friend must be sacrificed for the good of a cause such as ours. Even one friend? My lord, you look so strangely at me. You imagine things, Valarier. Several times later you have said, you will die before me. Oh, I hope I shall not have to do without you. My lord. Oh, come, 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 my friend. You conjure up ghosts to, to torment your own soul. You are in the best of health. You will not die. Oh, no, no, no. You have nothing to fear. Off with you now and see if my carriage is ready. And together we will see the Breton West. At once, my lord. Yet... I cannot help feeling I have served you well, Lord. Indeed, Poilarier, I do not contest it. You have been a faithful friend. Go now. Yes, Lord. You have nothing to fear, Poilarier. Yes. You are in the best of health, my friend. But knowing too much is sometimes a fatal disease.